I'm Monica Sancio, Vegan Fit, energizing you to be fit, healthy, happy, and free. And this podcast is dedicated to my friend, sponsor, great loving mirror, Chris Key. Thank you so much, Chris. And here's just one of the articles that I found that is easy to read, to understand, and that basically summarizes what I think as a scientist and also as a person in fitness and as a professional in what I do, you know, in movement and holistic nutrition. And I do believe this. These are four factors that I totally believe in and not a bunch of things that have come up here and there because people in general like to justify the way they eat so you know they might try to tell you hey this way of eating is complementary with a good gut microbiome but yes let's read how to eat your way to a healthy gut this was published on bbc.com and it says what should you eat to keep your gut microbiome in good shape some old-fashioned advice it turns out may be the key and i do believe in this and yes i We'll be making more podcasts about microbiome because it is really the foundation of our mood, of our immune system, and yes, about our health because it's all based on that, I believe, and you know, how we're feeding that good bacteria. Okay, let's start the article and then I'll give you my comments and just for you to know, I'm going to refer to scientific articles you can click on and everything, but sometimes I get away from some of them because they're like uh, involving mice and things that I'm not proud of as a biologist. A long time ago that I did, you know, working with animals in the lab, I'm just like really against that. I've been a vegan for eight years now. So, you know, just like you, I have things of my past that I would rather not repeat and that I'm not very proud of, just for you to know. So, you know, I want to be picking out the scientific articles that go with what I believe and preferably we're going to talk about correlations in men and women, humans that have eaten in a good way, vegan, maybe vegetarian, I mean, whatever way you choose to eat, but definitely Uh, leaning towards vegetables, towards fruits, towards cereals, grains that are obviously uh, organic and natural, non-processed. And so basically this supports what I believe in. And, you know, each one of us has his or her own truth. Yet, you know, we also have to follow common sense and science. But I just want to make the uh, this disclaimer that yes, sometimes I'm going to be referring to scientific articles that I don't agree with um, because you know they're just like part of the process in a way. But for the most part, I love correlations like you know the most healthy people are the ones that eat like this and that, and you know that's what I'm gravitating towards. Okay. So there's a lot of uh, bogus, there's a lot of um, people that are selling what they think is the right way and sometimes it's just very sneaky and not good, especially when politics are involved too. So (laughs) it's like there's so many factors in, in those claims that people make and again, I'm going to tell you from the truth and the science and as deep as I possibly can and preferably um, in work done in humans and especially, you know, when it comes to uh, just uh, epidemiological studies, meaning that we are associating 
habits in people to their health and habits when it comes to nutrition are absolutely correlated with health results okay that's the idea okay sometimes it's kind of hard for me to explain that because you know there's so much information and there's an excess of information and you can google anything and get quite confused and i'm telling you the trick there is to actually filter out what's really not scientific and within the scientific also be careful what you're looking at because sometimes you know even science articles are unfortunately uh, associated with um, let's say sponsorship that's not very ethical so hopefully there won't be any conflict of interest in what i'm going to be sharing with you right away in just a moment How to eat your way to a healthy gut. What should you eat to keep your gut biome in good shape? Some old-fashioned advice that turns out may be the key. The key, the key. So this is dedicated to Chris Key. Yes, this is for you with love. By Martha Henriquez. Microbes and Me. Published on February 5th, 2019. It's not hard to stumble across any number of articles and papers proclaiming the next wonder food to improve your gut health. As scientists increasingly discover the central role that gut bacteria play in our overall health, it's tempting to latch on to these promises to try to revitalize everything from your weight to mental well-being. Hey, how do you say revitalize? Like, yeah, make it more vital. Okay, that was just me. But the science has a way to go before we know exactly what nutrition is best for your gut. BBC Future spoke to leading gut health and microbiome researchers to sift fact from fiction on gut health, wonder foods in quotes, probiotics, prebiotics, and what changes to your diet could genuinely boost your gut health. The interest in how to improve your gut health is so high because recent advances have begun to unpick how the microbiome affects many conditions beyond those affecting the digestive system. Studies have linked gut bacteria, known collectively as the microbiome, to changes in mood and mental health, tendency to obesity, and to cardiovascular health. For people who want to maintain a healthy weight and mental health, the goal would be a way to hack, in quotes, their gut bacteria. Okay, so I put my microphone on. Let's see if this is a little better, especially when there's some outside noise and hopefully this will sound better and I really hope you have a great experience and that you get the basics and not get confused like most people do and of course there's always going to be contradictions in life but for the most part let's be scientific and use our common sense and in that sense you know there's no way not to understand the basics of staying healthy because you already know what you have to do you know this is like a reminder and i will continue with the article yes so in quotes because somebody is interviewed her name is sonia fonseca in this article so in quotes the general belief is that a diverse gut microbiota is a synonym for health since these bacteria in parentheses are helping us produce nutrients and essential substances that our cells cannot 
says Sonia Fonseca, a researcher studying the interactions between the diet, gut, microbiome, and brain at the Quadram Institute. So feeding our microbes with a diverse diet and creating a comfortable environment for them seems the right thing to do. But finding a way to hack your microbiome might be harder than it sounds. For one thing, like much of health research, even though a study finds a link between one food and an improvement in gut bacteria, it doesn't mean that food has caused the change in the microbiome. Many studies are based on finding correlations, which even sometimes are contradictory, but only a few are interested in explaining causation, says Fonseca. That is the challenging part. While headlines may be moving faster than solid science, some clear trends are emerging on things we can do to make a real impact on gut health, says Kevin Whelan, professor of dietetics at King's College London. The majority of evidence supports that there are four main ways to do this. Listen up and let's take notes. Probiotics. The first is taking foods or supplements with probiotic bacteria in them. These are bacteria that are generally thought to be part of a healthy microbiome, particularly common ones in supplements and live yogurts, in quotes, okay? Meaning they contain living bacteria are called bifidobacteria and lactobacillus. Oh, just a quick parenthesis here. Of course, I promote vegan diets and I wouldn't have any yogurt that's not vegan based, okay? There are many yogurts that you can make at home that contain these two bacteria, bifido and lactobacillus. Bifidobacteria, in fact, we used it uh, for some experiments and they're just really, really good bacteria. So even though I'm reading this article, I just want to invite you to look at vegan options for this and that you can find probiotics that have nothing to do with yogurt as we know it from the past. Okay, now there's new yogurt made with so many amazing plant-based options and just the plant-based yogurt in any case, okay? So, you know, look for the live cultures that you can. And yes, you can get probiotics as a supplement on Amazon or Whole Foods, which is actually right now the same company, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos bought Whole Foods, as far as I know. In general, what we know is that if you take a probiotic with those bacteria, we know it will increase the number of those strains in your gut, says Whelan. That might seem like a logical plan. More healthy bacteria, healthier gut. But of course, that's just a start. It's not just about quantity of those helpful bacterial strains, it's about diversity. There are many thousands of different types of bacteria found in people's microbiomes. Each individual person might have 150 to 250 types in their gut, says Whelan. What we know is that people with diseases generally have a less diverse microbiome, so they tend to be the ones closer to 150 than 250 types. Verdict. Adding a few strains of bacteria to your microbiome through taking a probiotic probably won't boost your gut health diversity all that much. Okay, so, you know, that's not the way I would do it, okay? I go towards fermentation and what I'm going to read right now, which is prebiotics. This is what I actually believe in, Monica Sancio. So if you want to follow this, I'll be right back with more about that and what are prebiotics. Prebiotics. 
Just one letter different. Prebiotics are a source of food for probiotic bacteria to live off, such as inulin, easily confused but very different from insulin, or galacto-oligosaccharides. These molecules are often indigestible to humans, so pass straight through the gut to where the bacteria are. Most research on prebiotics involves giving a sachet of what is mostly carbohydrates to people that only certain strains of bacteria can use, so those strains can flourish, says Whelan. While taking a probiotic may be like planting a seed, taking a prebiotic is like nurturing it by giving it the nourishment it needs. But again, this approach comes up against the same limitations as taking a probiotic alone, says Whelan. Okay, I have a different opinion, just for you to know. So microbiome diversity is probably not achievable by swallowing a whole range of supplements. Okay, that's something else that, that this article says. And I'm going to give you my comments, obviously. And I urge you, I inspire you, hopefully I invite you to read up more on this. You can check the link below. And yes, I will have way more podcasts on this and uh, more research and more interviews to scientists like these two have been interviewed and you could you know really uh, have a choice of that but doesn't it make sense to instead of taking the bacteria as probiotics why don't we just take what feeds those good bacteria in our gut and what feeds the diversity is a diversity of what do you think okay let's keep reading so the verdict about prebiotics according to Whelan is Prebiotics do not increase the diversity of the microbiome. They will increase specific bacteria, but they won't increase the number of different types of bacteria. Huh, mixing it up. So microbiome diversity is probably not achievable by swallowing a whole range of supplements, but there are ways to improve diversity by focusing on the foods you eat. Makes sense, huh? Have a look at the people around you, says Whelan. You'll find some people will have the same lunch every day, and in the evening, three or four different main dishes, and they will eat that for a whole year, bar going out occasionally. Even if your habitual diet is balanced with plenty of fruit, vegetables, whole grains, and so on, having a predictable routine is not likely to do much good for a diverse microbiome. Dietary diversity is about challenging the concept of constantly eating the same thing, says Whelan. For example, if you have fish regularly, make sure it isn't, it isn't always salmon. Make sure you have whole grains regularly, but not just whole grain bread, he says. Of course, I read through this, but maybe, I don't know if I, I'm going to eliminate it or just keep it there because most of you guys are not vegan, I don't think, but hopefully you will be vegan or more vegan or more plant-based as we go on with this podcast because <laughs> that is my wish to inspire you to feel better and better all the time. And I tell you, being vegan is just like the foundation of everything. So the verdict, according to this article, is... Evidence for the efficacy of specific foods is always questionable, but eating a varied and diverse diet of healthy foods is likely to lead to an equally diverse and healthy microbiome. Let me tell you something about fish. You know, being a pescetarian is supposedly really good, and according to some studies it's one of the best ways to stay healthy which is what i thought eight years ago until i knew what the fish industry was really like 
and how poisoned most of the fish is. So, you know, do your own research, but I tell you, I quit sardines, I quit salmon eight years ago, and I'm not going back, just for you to know. But yes, for my dogs, I do, I do feed them sardines, and every time I feed them, it's not easy because anything with eyes it just reminds me that these fish were so happy swimming. I'm telling you, I mean, think about it. It's like we have been disconnected, and we have this just this disconnection from reality. It's like we have been eating and eating foods without realizing where it actually came from. So uh, that's just my two cents on that. And, you know, do whatever you want with your life. But I would recommend not eating fish unless you have to. And in my case, I'm like looking for options so that I don't even have to feed fish to my doggies <laughs> because I'm not telling them to go vegan all the way. But yeah, for the most part, they're really healthy that way. Fermented foods. Yes, studies are also pointing to possible benefits from fermented foods such as kombucha and real sauerkraut, which is fermented. These foods, which have been made traditionally for thousands of years, have been studied in the field of psychobiotics, which is when ingesting bacteria of a particular type has a positive mental health effect. Some studies have shown that people taking fermented products had lower levels of cortisol, a stress marker, in their blood compared to a placebo control group and also had a more diverse microbiome, which is what we want, right? While these results are promising, studies such as this are often small with two dozen or so participants and so larger cl clinical trials are needed before we can be sure, says Fonseca. In general, evidence like this needs to be put in a wider context for it to make any sense. It has been claimed that people consuming fermented products live longer. So let's say we can consider that fermented products are healthy, but eating only fermented products is not a healthy diet, obviously, says Fonseca. Everything must be considered in a context, including not only diet, but also factors such as lifestyle, medication, stress levels, and genetics. Whelan agrees that some people may be taking fermentation too far. We're suddenly aware in the last year that people have gone kombucha crazy on this whole microbiome trend. People are like, oh, this is a natural way to do it. People have been eating these foods for thousands of years. But what people haven't done yet is researched whether it will actually change your microbiome, says Whelan, who's working on a review paper on this topic at present. The verdict, according to this article, Fermented foods may help boost your microbiome diversity, but the science hasn't up with this craze yet to say with certainty either way. In general, when you see advice that says to eat particular foods or products to boost gut health, it's best to be skeptical, or skeptical, I would say, says Fonseca. I would say that scientific studies are never that conclusive, she says. People, including myself, get used to reading this type of news that is not accurate or even true, and they end up either being misguided or becoming skeptical about scientific discoveries. I guess you say skeptical with a C in this article because it's uh, British, possibly. Okay, I didn't know that. There's a long way to go before we can say there's an optimal diet to boost gut health, but the basic building blocks are there to build a diet that at least gives us a good chance of a healthy, diverse microbiome. While supplements like probiotics and prebiotics might be of some help, one of the best things you can do may be to ditch your routine and try something new. Okay, you can read this. I'm going to leave the link. 
in the description and now I'm going to tell you what I consider my take on this and you're gonna hear some of the common sense that I apply to it and some more science okay I'll be right back Okay, the more I read scientific articles related to gut microbiome, the more I realize that yes, it is about diversity of foods, plant-based foods, the ones that are going to be more full of prebiotics, obviously all these fibers that are the nutrition of the probiotics, which are the bacteria that we want like the lactobacillus, the bifidobacterium, and yes, we want more of the good stuff, and therefore, the more fermented a plant-based food is, the better. So, do we need anything from the animal world? No, nothing points to that, except that most humans just want to justify their diet, so most people are really resistant to giving up on their whatever it is that they're used to. I get it, because... Just recently, I've been a vegan for eight years, and unfortunately, I feel so bad about it, but it's a past, and I forgive myself, and I ask God for forgiveness, because I just followed society and the family, and everybody told me to eat this and that, and even as a nutritionist and even as a biologist, you know, I had this formal training that taught me very different from what I think right now, and that brings me to the obvious thought process of okay what's done is done and now what are you going to do about it and I definitely am going more plant-based and absolutely more variety because sometimes we get into a rut even if we are more vegan you know I like I said for eight years I've been a vegan but have I already achieved a perfect vegan diet maybe not maybe I have to add more variety to what I eat in every single sense and more fermented foods. Yes, I was uh, catching up on how to make the homemade sauerkraut. I made it a couple of times and it came out pretty well, but still I want to find uh, different ways of making it in a simpler and uh, less uh, messy way. And uh, the more practical, the better, okay? So, you know, all you have to do, and you can even see a video, I'm seeing it right now. It's like you're making a cabbage salad, and for five or 10 minutes, you just have the, the cabbage chopped up. Oh my gosh, what a beautiful video. I, wish, I think I'm gonna link this below. This is more important than the article I read before. And you know what they use? They use another jar inside the big mason jar in order to to get the water that came out of the cabbage with the salt you know how how you have this process uh wow wow the kitchen it's called okay how to make homemade sauerkraut in a mason jar it's beautiful yes so you have the pressure anyway it's kind of hard for me to describe it in this moment but it's basically just cabbage salt the fermentation process and in three days you have sauerkraut homemade sauerkraut that really makes a difference and you can add it to any food at all whatsoever and even though this article that I read tells you that some people exaggerate you know what I don't think you can exaggerate with with good stuff if you added to different uh, kinds of salads and different sautés and different soups and different foods, raw, cooked, whatever you want to eat. The more raw, the more vegan, the better for the most part. Yes, there's some, uh, of course, uh, there's some exceptions. And I do believe in sprouting also because that also uh, brings about more diversity 
in nutrients, micronutrients and phytonutrients and everything. Oh wow, I'm practically distracted in the computer by looking at this beautiful video in which they just show you how to make the sauerkraut. It's like, gosh, we can just make it at home. And the store-bought varieties are not very good for the most part, and some of them are just cabbage with a bunch of vinegar, and that's not what it's about. It's not pickling, really. What we're doing uh, in that processed way, we're doing it the the old way, the old-fashioned way that works for our gut. So yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of thinking out loud here as I love to do on my podcast and sharing with you how important it is to be learning all the time and to be, you know, correcting our course as we go along. It's like an adjustment that we all need to do, all need to make. Maybe I'm a little bit further ahead when it comes to being vegan because I've done it for so long. Yet, you know, you might have some ideas that are even better than mine and you can definitely um, uh, leave a message if you want. You can leave a voice message. And it's not just about being better because yesterday I talked about not comparing yourself to anyone. What I mean is you may have some incredible ideas on how to add more prebiotics, more fermented foods, more variety to our meals so that they're fun, they're delicious, nutritious, and yes, all good to have a really healthy microbiome and just make us feel good because that's the idea before i go let me just remind you thank you so much for listening for subscribing for sharing and for eating and drinking mostly plant-based towards vegan because it really works as well as moving more getting physical stretching and never being sedentary as such and staying positive is about putting our focus on what we can do and not what is out of our control okay and in any case those things that we worry about that get us down we can absolutely contribute to the cause or causes that we believe in and for me that will make you feel so good with yourself that there's no excuse not to be joyful and happy and grateful yes it's all combined Thank you, thank you, thank you. And yes, if you want to support this podcast, check out the link below. And 99 cents makes a difference. Love and light. Thank you.